not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does you know what do you have in that room, and the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Greetings and welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics Oklahoma Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, during this quarantine, socially distant time, many people have found entertainment in the new Netflix docuseries, The Tiger King, which is about now imprisoned zookeeper who goes by the name of Joe Exotic. In Oklahoma, we've been familiar with Joe Exotic for quite some time, but now the rest of the world is getting to see what he's all about, which is awesome. So we're going to spend this episode talking about Joe Exotic and the Tiger King with my pal Eddie Radosevich of Soonerscoop.com and 1077 The Franchise. Eddie, welcome back to the show. Jason, what is going on? I am glad that you didn't start this podcast by telling me uh, good morning, uh, cats and kittens, but uh, <laughs> I digress. My, my life has been changed, not only because we're uh, quarantined, but uh, because of the greatness that was Joe Exotic. Yes, and that is why I brought you on. We're not going to talk about OU football. We've, I've already done that. We're going to talk about... Not a whole lot going on in the OU football world. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. should, that, that should cover. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Tiger King, the unbelievable new Netflix docuseries uh, that just came out four days ago. I've already binged it. I know you've already binged it. Uh, for those of us who live in Oklahoma, I think we all have sort of known about this wacky character, Joe Exotic, for a sure. long time. But I think people outside of Oklahoma may not know who he is. So just in case there's anybody listening who doesn't ha already have an idea of who Joe Exotic is, this clip is for you. This is from a YouTube video when he was announcing his run for President of the United States. So let's listen to that real quick. First thing is, I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I've had two boyfriends most of my life. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. I built one of the biggest facilities and the nicest facilities for exotic animals in this country as far as a private individual goes. So that's Joe Exotic, a uh, redneck, gun-toting, gay man with a mullet who runs who ran a exotic animal park in Winniewood, Oklahoma, which is about 45 or so minutes south of Norman. I've been there. I know you haven't, much to your chagrin. Um, but, you know, isn't it just crazy? I mean, we're going to get into all of this, but isn't it great that now the rest of the world can know what we've known for so long? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that anybody that uh, has... I, I, anybody that pays attention to media in Oklahoma probably has come across a Joe Exotic uh, somehow or another, uh, whether it be out at the fair, whether it be just through word of mouth on Facebook or whatever. Anybody that is in Oklahoma that is in like a hundred and I don't know, hundred mile radius of Winniewood, Oklahoma knows uh, basically kind of what the idea of what, what was going on down there. Not only is this guy, exactly what you just described uh Kersey, but then you see him and it kind of backs up uh what you were almost expecting in a way uh and then oh by the way he also has 180 exotic animals on this plot of land in Winniewood, Oklahoma and uh you know I think that even going back into like 
the early 2000s. And I, was it 1999 or 2000 when they actually opened the park? I remember just because I was kind of that that nerd in high school, but I remember like watching the news and 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 remember learning about this guy and thinking how kind of weird it was that that was going on in Oklahoma. Uh, and then for it to not only last as long as it did, but then to, uh, I guess, kind of come down in the, uh, the, the fireball that it did uh, made for an even more spectacular documentary. And I, I mean, Kersey, I would have to think that, uh, you know, the folks that put that whole thing together spent 48, 72 hours with Joe Exotic down there in Winniewood and thought to themselves like, Oh my God, this is going to be a gold mine. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. And I've, like I said, I've been there and I do want to talk about that here in a little bit. But first, just for the documentary, there is a cast of characters in this thing that you could oh not God. script. You could not script something like this. You have, you have Joe himself, who is a crazy person. You have uh, this Doc Antiel guy in South Carolina who, you know, has a harem of women and basically runs a cult. Um, you have the guy in Ohio who, who, you know, runs an exotic animal park. You have Carol Baskin who, you know, before I watched this documentary, and I don't know if you felt this way too. I didn't know a whole lot about her. All I knew is that she thought Joe Exotic was abusive to animals and tried to shut him down, which I always thought was he probably is abusive to animals and he probably does need to be shut down. Um, and then he, you know, and this isn't a spoiler, I think. Uh, it's been all over the news. He's in prison now because he tried to pay someone to go murder her. And I always thought, <laughs> I know, isn't it just crazy? <laughs> oh my God. And I, and I always sort of thought, well, God, that that's crazy. Like this poor woman, like she's just trying to be good to animals. It turns out she's just as nuts as all of them. I, I am a big fan of the, uh, dateline, of like your murder mystery, uh, kind of lead you on for an hour and you try to figure it out while the show goes on. And even knowing what happened in this story, like you wanted to watch every episode. Uh, and I, I guess that's what a good documentary does, but it, it just, it was incredible to see kind of the evolution of each of these characters and then the twists and turns that they take you with on the Carol Baskins ride, which I found her husband to be the creepiest person I've seen on a television show in a long time. Uh, then just her backstory where, I mean, she definitely probably killed her husband. Uh, you have Doc Antle out in South Carolina basically running a cult of young virgin 16-year-olds. Like, it was insane. And just the depths that they were able to go to because they had the access was incredible and you know really the the one thing that i, I kind of left wanting to see was all of the uh footage that uh the kirkman guy lost in yeah. the in the uh in the fire like that would have been incredible to have in the fire that joe exotic almost certainly started himself yeah i i would just the way that they kind of uh tell the story leading up to that and he just happened to be out of town like Sometimes criminals are so dumb that they do something and it's like, why, why would they ever do that? Because they think that they are outsmarting the system, I guess, in a way. That definitely seems like that fits that uh, profile. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, just to, to tell this story real quick of when 
I went down there. It was like seven or eight years ago. My brother and I had watched a documentary that he was part of. I don't think he was the subject of. He was just part of it. And it was Louis Thoreau, the British, uh, you know, journalist, documentarian uh, who comes and does uh, stories about kind of crazy people. He did something with the Westboro Baptist Church. Those assholes. He did. He did all kinds of uh, stuff like that. And um, he did one with him. And so my brother and me and our friend Jordan decided we were going to go. And it was on a Sunday. My brother was actually supposed to be part of this podcast with us, Eddie, but uh, he just had a kid. So, you know, well, whatever, I guess. Oh, he's taking the responsible route, huh? Yeah. Yeah. While I'm sitting in my sweatpants talking about the Tiger King. <laughs> he's, he's, hey, I'm the pathetic one that's done it for the last couple of days for about three and a half hours every morning. So yeah. I'm probably more pathetic than that. But, but, uh, but anyway, so the, this was like seven, eight years ago, maybe longer than that. We drove down there and Joe wasn't there, but my brother and I were talking earlier today and we both sort of agreed that if he had been there, I think we would have left being very charmed by him and probably liking him. He seems like he could be a charming person. No, there's, there's definitely a uh, certain level of charisma that he puts in all of his theatrical, uh, demonstrate or shows i guess uh that he says to people uh the just the fact that i think at one point early in the documentary they talk about even without the documentary crew he was filming literally everything that happened on the premises and you know i i think that you know not only was it his kind of his sociopathic quest of becoming a celebrity uh and probably leading him to uh, for political office and all that kind of stuff. It just kind of goes in the aura that was around the guy. I mean, it just, you can, you can get past the idea of him doing all these bad things because he's kind of that funny look at this guy in the corner type thing. And I think that that definitely fed him uh, for, you know, a long time and probably led him to make the decisions that he did make. And it, it, it's, it's kind of sad in a way, uh, but I don't know. I, that's probably like a, uh, some kind of uh, commentary on life or society as a whole. So it just, it, the whole thing is incredible to me. It was so fascinating and a lot of fun to watch just for the fact that everything was just, you, you thought that you had an idea of what was happening and there was, it just seemed like there was another uh, level uh, to uh, to feel bad. Do you think, and I'll get back into my story of the trip down there in a minute, but do you think he actually thought he could be elected president or governor? I mean, the man hired a campaign manager was just a dude who sold him his ammo at Walmart. I mean, do you think, do you think he was like sociopathic enough to where he thought that he could actually be elected? In a way, yeah, probably. Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I think anybody that uh, delves into that kind of thing, thinks that uh, he might have a chance to win. Now, realistically, probably not. I think it's probably maybe one of those things, too, that he did it literally. And I, I think the campaign manager said it at uh, one point in, in the doc was he did it for a basically a, uh, a stunt and for, public, for, for publicity. And, you know, I, in a way, it's kind of genius. I think that he thought that that would drum up business uh, down at the uh, wildlife park uh, for the animals uh, or for him to make more money, to pay off all these people that he, but I don't know. I, 
he just he he obviously had a screw loose, and then you throw in uh, basically every cast uh, character that 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 was a part of a whole that whole thing. Like the only two normal people were people that basically worked for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just unbelievable. But yeah, so the trip down there, we go down do you, there. Do you remember seeing like any of those people that were in there? Yeah. So I think now. It's so hard to remember, and I wasn't paying super close attention to the people. But so the woman that showed us around, I'm fairly certain they interviewed her at the end of the documentary. I could be wrong about that because it's been so long. But I thought I recognized one of the women they were interviewing who worked there, not the one who got her arm bitten off by a tiger. Yes, that happened. Um, But it was a a, a different – a different woman that they interview in there. I think maybe that was her, but I really can't remember for sure. But um, by the way, the woman who got her arm cut off could have had surgery and recovered, but decided to just get it amputated and go back to work. That's what I mean. The people who are into these big cats, I think are just kind of crazy. I think there's just, yeah, something. I think there's, there's, there's definitely a screw loose uh, with anybody that wants to, I guess in a way, I mean, maybe this is just how lazy I am, but, be responsible for something that that massive like it's it it kind of reminded me in a small way just when they talk about how they feed those animals out there uh not only is it disgusting for waiting around to basically buy old meat from walmart it just like that shit would be have to be expensive just for you to have a cat like that let alone hundreds of them yeah I mean, you know, I go to buy my dog dog food and spend 20 bucks on a bag of it. And I'm like, God damn, this is expensive. <laughs> Buster's <laughs> worth every cent. You he know is. it. He is. Oh, totally. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I can't imagine tigers, how much it takes to feed them. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's insane. And but, it, it just, it, it it's almost a little disgusting the way that, um, I don't know. I, I'm definitely not an animal PETA rights activist. Uh, but it just, it's uncomfortable. I would say that. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, so we go down there and one thing I remember from it was that we were walking through the park and at one point we start walking towards this tiger cage and this tiger just is in the back of his little habitat and he just roars and runs towards us and jumps up on the fence. And I, I was like, I was petrified. Like I thought, if he knocks this fence over, because it was kind of loose. So if he yeah, it seems like that's dead. not, it seems like those fences weren't the best quality, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I was like, oh my God, this is how it ends. I decided to come on a stupid trip with my brother to Winniewood to see this dumbass exotic park. And I'm going to die here. Like that was going through my head as that was happening. But, um, but then we got past it and we, uh, we get down to his house. So we actually got to go into his house and into his living room and right outside his living room is a uh, on the outside of the house is a big habitat where a lion lives with wiener dogs which that was actually in the documentary in this in the last episode so that's just a crazy bizarre sight to see and the woman told us that the lion is fiercely protective of the dogs like if they go in there to feed them he like get the lion he or she whatever gets really uh, pissed off so that was wild. I would have never imagined a wiener dog and, and lion bonding. But then you go into his living room and we got to play with a baby bear and a baby tiger who she told us at the time, because they were so little, slept with Joe Exotic every night. Oh, my um, God. And so, but that was actually kind of cool. 
it was actually kind of cool playing with them because they were very cute and sweet and all that stuff. But you know, like in another week, they're going to rip my head off. Um, <laughs> and, and then like, you know, you look around the living room and at the time I didn't know about his two husbands and I see like, there's a family picture, like, like what you would like, did you, did your family ever, when you were a kid, go get like pictures taken at yeah, go- like glamor shots or whatever. Yeah. Like, or you'd have them up at the up at the church or whatever. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, you're it was about. like that, but it was three men, the three husbands there, and it was just like, where am I? Like, that's was, a funny picture for for a couple buddies to take. I wonder yeah. why they did that. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my brother may have pictures from that because I know we took pictures of the baby tiger and the baby bear. I got to see if Kevin has has those pictures because somebody has to, they're not on my phone anymore, but um, just a, just a bizarre experience. And, and I don't, you know, we're, we're having a lot of fun laughing about this. I don't want to minimize that this guy is unstable. Like this is no, pretty, yeah. pretty fucked up. Like really no, it, there, there's, there's definitely like, I, I think psychotic or sociopathic or whatever you want to call it. There's, there is definitely some underlying. And I would also say too, that um, I was, a little bit surprised that they didn't put more into the documentary as far as the drug use goes. Cause I think that a lot of maybe the rash decisions or whatever you want to call it, uh, that were being made down there, the poor decisions, I think drug use and heavy drug use, obviously with, uh, you know, the suicide of, of one of his husbands. Uh, I definitely think that that played a big, big role in a lot of what was going on down there. And that's just, obviously, I don't know that for a fact, but that is putting two and two together. Well, at one point they sort of mention it, you know, about, about the husband that killed himself and even the husband that didn't, I mean, at the end of the, at the, by the end of the thing, I felt sorry for the, for the the ex-husband who's alive because you almost get the impression that these, these men aren't gay. They're just drug addicts. Like, and he, yeah. and he manipulated and took advantage of them and, um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot, again, this is, it's funny and it's fun to talk about. And that's the reason we're doing this, but there is some deep, like very unsettling things about all this. And it's probably good that he's locked up. No doubt. No doubt. And, uh, uh, God, I don't know how we've gone this long without talking about Jeff Lowe. Who yeah. Yeah. I think we both agree is probably if you want to take the entire cast of characters in this documentary. He's probably the slimiest out of all of them, which for this uh, ensemble is just pretty incredible. Yeah, I think Jeff Lowe. I mean, because, you know, they talk about how he's been arrested for domestic abuse before choking his wife. I mean, he he did come off by the end like like a really bad guy who who possibly set Joe up. I mean, I'm not saying Joe doesn't deserve to go to prison for what he did. I mean, he he paid someone to go down and murder someone. That is I mean, that's uh that deserves prison, but it sounds like Jeff Lowe almost goaded him into it, you know, with and he basically admits that. At one point Jeff Lowe says, "Oh, I didn't set him up. All I did was record all our conversations and give them to the feds." Well, that's setting him up. I mean, that's what that is. And no doubt. So, and uh, I, the guy just, I mean, he's he's just a slime ball. He's he's a grease. The guy wears a and believe me, it's not I'm not judging everybody on this, but maybe I am. He drives a H2, wears affliction, and wears an Oakley hat with like a uh, bandana underneath. I mean, you 
you just don't see that. You don't see that level of douchebag very often. Right. Yeah. Everything about him screamed douchebag. And and what about the guy who was paid to go murder Carol Baskin? I mean, that guy made me just uncomfortable watching him be interviewed because that guy has done some crazy shit. That guy is the definition of somebody that if you're if you're at a bar, you're not you're not making eye contact with that guy because he might kill you. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. I mean, that guy was was very unsettling, um, and they all end up testifying against him, and uh, and he goes down. And now he's like joined forces with Peta. Joe is like giving information to Peta to help them bring down other people. It's and it's just, I mean, <laughs> if you haven't watched it. I hope that this convinces you to watch it because it is truly unbelievable. I'm, my wife and I got through it very quickly. Um, yes. Seven episodes. It doesn't take that long. You get hooked quite quickly. I was just earlier today talking to Max Olson, my colleague at The Athletic, who has not watched it yet, doesn't ha- know anything about Joe Exotic. And I told him you know, that I had really high expectations for this and it exceeded them. And I've been waiting for this thing for a month since they announced it was coming. And Max said, well, now I guess I got to watch it. So. You gotta dive. You gotta dive in, Max. Make this a a public plea. You have to watch. Uh, it's it's that good. And you know the funny thing is, I think just I didn't realize just as a whole how crazy the entire idea of the exotic animal trade is. Like just I, you kind of figure with stuff like that that there's gonna be some shady characters involved, but not only are they shady, but they like, they meet your, I don't know, like the, this idea that you build up of people that are into that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're, I mean, to, to be involved in that world, if you're not the Oklahoma city zoo or the, you know, Bronx zoo or San Diego zoo or whatever, if you're not a, a, a real official zoo, that's like run by the city or whatever, you kind of have to be involved in some pretty, pretty shady stuff. I mean, I, I don't think there's a way to be involved in that world, in that sort of semi underground uh, exotic animal trade without being into some really dark stuff. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And so, uh, yeah, you know, he, and the thing, I guess I'll end on this. Like the thing that I really sort of was, I, I don't even want to say sad, but sort of, Eh, you know, about by the end of it was they showed a clip of Joe from when he was real younger and first opened the park. And he is saying, he's talking about how I don't think we should be breeding. I don't think tigers belong in, in, uh, in India and Africa and, you know, in Asia and I mean, all this stuff. And it's like, so maybe he started this thing with good intentions, but the, the fame and him becoming this weird funny cult figure that everybody loved and money and all of those things i think maybe got to his head at at some point i don't want to play an armchair psychologist here but it just sort of seems like maybe he started this thing with with actually okay intentions and it just sort of unraveled on him oh I, i definitely think that when you everybody gets into you know what whatever they do and and to build something up the way that he did because he did he built a business into something that was obviously pretty big for what it was and i i think the money as most things uh comes up becomes a factor and when you 
build debt and then you become, you know, possibly addicted or drugs, people that are into shit. It just, it kind of builds on you. And uh, I think he saw the world kind of crashing in around him and he always tried to, because I do think that there was a part of Joe that he wanted it all to be good. But, you know, I, I thought kind of the, the biggest gut punch in all of the entire documentary was the fact that he drug his parents through it. And yeah, he did. unfortunately, and in, in those times, that's when you see it the most is uh, when somebody like that has no problem basically crippling their parents or bankrupting their parents, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just kind of sad to watch. Yeah, it, it definitely was. So the time but I will say, go ahead. entertaining as hell. And I highly recommend, and I hate to, to laugh about it and send it out like that, but uh, my God, I think you said it best when I had high expectations because I, I kind of knew the story. I didn't really know what to expect, but you talk about enthralling and just becoming almost addicted to uh, – getting through the next episode. That's how, uh, that's how, that's how that was for me. Can we also agree that that is definitely not his voice in his music videos that, that cannot be his singing voice. No. And I saw an article this morning. I meant to, uh, I meant to read up on it, but I think it's been proven out there that it wasn't. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to find it. I think somebody wrote an article this morning, uh, basically saying that kind of what our worst uh, our worst fear was confirmed that Joe was not actually singing but with that said it kind of goes back to like the theatrics and his I guess kind of grasp on what sells to people the idea of even putting a video like that together and then getting a lookalike of uh, Baskin yeah. it, it's phenomenal like that's that's a that's some would say a level of psycho that can only be reached by somebody like a Joe Exotic uh, and God, just Carol Baskin, man, <laughs> psycho, psycho. The fame was intox is intoxicating, I think, to a lot of them, but maybe no more, nobody more than than Joe Exotic. In fact, I'm sure that if I called whatever jail he's in, he'd probably agree to an interview on this podcast. You should maybe I should have done that. Yeah, you should. You should do that. I don't even know what I'd ask him at this point. I guess I would, I'd take that back. I could find things to ask him. Uh, maybe, he, maybe that's for a future quarantine podcast. I'll try to talk to Joe Exotic. Listen, we, we might have a couple months uh, to figure this out. So uh, no, I, you got time. That's the one thing that we do have on our side as we know this uh, brand new world of whatever we're in. Yeah. Well, Eddie, thanks for jumping on uh, the podcast. We could do this for another hour, but uh, you know, I, I just, I, because it's in Oklahoma, because there's no sports going on and you and I have been texting about this pretty constantly for three days. I figured let's just, let's just let the people hear us talk about this psycho. So <laughs> everybody should go watch it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Kersey. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I do recommend everybody go Go just find a couple hours. I think, what are they? Three-minute episodes? Something seven like of them? Yes. So uh, it's, it's, it's 100% worth it. And uh, do we have to, like, issue a PSA that uh, not everything that you see that happens in Winnie Wood or the people uh, even from Winnie Wood, we're not all like that in Oklahoma. 
So no, why don't you no. give us a chance? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make that clear. There, <laughs> he is not representative of the people of Winniewood, the people of Oklahoma. He's not. Uh, he's not. And you sort of got that impression even from when they interviewed the sheriff down there. Like that, you could tell that guy has just been driven nuts by Joe Exotic. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. And someday we're gonna find out more. I, I it's kind of the way that the uh, the the doc leaves you, but there is no doubt we have not heard the last of these uh, these characters, whether it be Jeff Lowe or Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin, I, Doc Antle, something's gonna happen. In fact, I need to do a little bit more research with uh, the Doc Antle news that they show right at the end. So yeah. uh, we, we have not heard the last of them. I know that for a fact. No, I still think Jeff Lowe's gonna end up in prison at some point, but. I would take a little bit of a future bet on that as well. <laughs> so, all right, Eddie, thanks for your time, man. Absolutely, Kersey, I appreciate it. Talk to you later. <laughs>